Welcome to the Queen Trail Podcast. There are three different types of radiation, alpha, beta, and gamma. What does this technology do? It's like, well, what can you do with electricity? I just survived 30 years HIV positive. I'm certainly not going to let a little thing like a brain tumor derail me. When I got to 29 pounds, I was so tired, I just collapsed. Everything always goes back to being grounded and centered. It's a mecca for cycling, for sure. Struggle is the neutralizing force. And I said, there it is. This is the right family. I'm, I got like cold chills. And it's one lone oak tree right in the middle of the trail. It's beautiful. Hey everyone, I hope you've had a great week since the last time that we got together. We've been having a heat wave, like today it was 111 degrees outside. I couldn't believe it, almost had a heart attack. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, this is like so stressful to me when the temperature gets this high. And I might have told you this story, but we drove to Bisbee once and the first stop was in Tempe, Arizona. We'd been driving in like a completely controlled environment, right? So it was like a pleasant 70 degrees or so inside of the car. And when I opened the door, I stepped out into 119 degree heat. I think every single system inside of my body stopped. I went into shock for a minute and it was terrible. Some years ago, the same thing happened at my home. I had to run to the store and I stepped from like a 75 degree home into 115 degree temperature. And I just had this enormous stress attack on my front porch. Of course, no one could see that that was happening. And my most critical thought of the moment was that I just had to get to cool safety. But What I do remember about that is I got into my car and I must have still been freaking out because there was kind of like this mindlessness about the way that I was driving and I was kind of bordering on road rage. And at the same time, I was noticing that there were other drivers on the road with me also bordering on road rage or actually full on engaging in it. After I got home and, you know, into cooler temperatures and I had my glass of ice water, I thought about it and I realized that the human response to extreme heat is to freak out. We're just not designed to go from like 70 something degree temperatures into 110 degree plus in a blink. And I think that's happening a lot right now. So as this heat wave is supposed to continue, take precautions to stay cool and ease yourself into the heat if you have to venture outside and be kind to yourself and be even kinder than you think that you need to be to others because it's just crazy hot outside and thank God that autumn's on her way. Okay, so this week, My practically lifetime friend Mike and I got back together again to talk about the only thing that matters in the world, rock and roll, and the craziest concerts that we've attended. We also talk about hearing loss because both of us have been exposed to really loud noises and suffered the consequences in our youth. So I'm gonna have an article in the show notes about ear protection because I'm a huge proponent of that. Please protect your ears. 
And it struck me during this talk also, like how many venues no longer exist from our early concert days, the 80s and the 90s, and also how much my personal choice and who I listen to has changed dramatically as well. I mean, I go from super heavy metal bands in this part one of a two-part episode to you'll hear me in the second part talking about attending a Barry Manilow concert. But there is a story associated with that that totally makes sense. And I didn't get a chance to include it in the episode because we talk, we're talking for so long. But I will try to remember to include it at the beginning of the part two episode. And that's just kind of an outlier concert. But I guess what I mean to say is that my music listening has broadened and become much more inclusive of and open to the seemingly infinite variety of music that there is in the world. There's just so much wonderful music. Music is the universal language that connects us all. So here we share the one that is referred to as rock and roll. So please grab a cuppa and join us on this journey down memory lane and our moments with many a great rock band. Two, one, check, check, check. Yep. And do you see your, uh, yeah, okay, I see your voice waves, your audio waves. Check, 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 check. <laughs> there it goes. There we go. Okay. Uh, I wow, see. Red. Yeah, at the bottom, there's a little uh, mechanical thing. You can change all kinds of stuff on here. Let's see. I really like this because you see how we each have our own track. Yeah. So any noise that's on your end, um, you know, Anton barges in to say, these are the most amazing tostadas you ever made, daddy. Yeah. And, you know, which I would totally leave in. But he says that while I'm talking, I can actually get rid of my talking and leave Anton's voice in there. Huh, cool. All right. Well, I got my blue background. Yeah. So what did you want to talk about? So I was thinking that it would be a lot of fun to talk about our craziest concert moments. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't remember half my concerts. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I can remember good shows, I guess. I mean, I'm trying to remember even that. Uh, I don't know the exact days or some people are really good at that. I'm not, I've never been good with dates. I just know good shows. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I don't remember dates. Um, probably a lot of the opening acts, like, cause a lot of bands will bring on brand new acts that that's probably the first time most people are hearing them and they're probably really good. And they happen to be a favorite of the headliner, but nobody else knows who they are. And I leave the concert and I continue to not know who they are <laughs> for the most part, which is um, a bummer, you know, like yeah. I went to Motley Crue's Theater of Pain concert back in the late 80s, I'm going to say, mm -hmm. and it was at the forum. I'm sure somebody opened up for them. I have no idea who opened up for them. And it's the same thing with like, I saw the firm at the forum back in the day with Jimmy Page and some of the guys from Deep Purple. 
I think that they had like one album that they put together and then they toured on that and they sounded phenomenal. I have no idea who opened for them because I went to go see The Firm. I didn't go to see the opening acts, but then there's stuff like the Rolling Stones that I saw at the Coliseum. And I can tell you that Living Color opened, followed by Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose going into a big old giant rant that I totally was like, let's go get beers. I don't want to listen to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I, I saw that. I didn't really particularly enjoy it because I'm not really into the big concert stuff but i mean i did enjoy the rolling stones but i remember i got stuck i had to go to use a restroom in the intermission and then i had to basically stand on the stairs because i just could not get through the mass of people that were in the way so i could get to my seat for the whole concert of the stones so I just stood there and yeah, it was crazy you know it was just so insanely crowded and it was also one of those concerts right like the stones had said we're never going to play again and then all of a sudden it had been like years since they'd had a concert and all of a sudden it was like here we are getting back together again i think it was something like that with that concert i specifically remember it not because it was particularly insane because i've been to plenty of those i'm sure you have too. going to punk bands usually what i find is that the audience is what goes crazy more than anything so that's what makes a crazy show but with that one i was working in home health it was basically all girls in the office and there was this one guy who was our it tech his name was mark we were like pretty good friends i really i really enjoyed talking to him he was really funny and you know had some good stories to tell and he goes hey do you know anybody who would want to go see the stones and i'm like dude are you kidding me i would love to see the stones because of course you know you're listening to like at the time i was listening to knac which is a former hard rock station here in los angeles or KLOS too, you know, you're hearing the ads for this and they're like, you know, GNR and Living Color. And I like both of those bands and like the Rolling Stones are finally getting back together again. It's been eons. They said they were never going to play again. And, you know, so this is a once in a lifetime thing. I'm like, I would love to go. And so he goes, really? And I go, yeah. And he goes, all right, my roommate's got tickets. I'll let him know. And I go, okay, I was really young at the time, you know, like it was, this was like the the late 80s, I guess. And I was like, okay, I just assumed, you know, this was Mark's roommate. I liked Mark. I thought he was a really nice person. So his roommate probably was super nice. And that night I get a call and his roommate, I felt like it was an interview. And then he goes, what kind of clothes do you have in your closet? And I'm like, what? Like, what kind of clothes do I have in my (laughs) closet? Like, what kind of question is that? I don't know. I just have normal clothes in there. Anyway, it ended up where we were going to go. So I get dressed up and I was like the heavy metal diva back then. You know, I had my hair teased up. I had a little mini skirt on, a little tiny top, high heels. I mean, like, you know, head banging outfit that I put on. And the guy comes to pick me up and I'm like, oh, my God, he's nobody that I would have gone on a date with. He just wasn't. And he, you could tell he went bananas because, you know, of what I was wearing. And (laughs) he goes, oh, you know, let's go back to my house. I'm like, let's go back to your house. What are we going to do at your house? He goes, well, let's just go back to my house. 
we'll talk a little bit. And I'm like, the concert's going to start. And he goes, well, I forgot some stuff. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, so I get in the car with him and then he decides that he needs to stop at the market. And this is a market that I stopped at all of the time. I don't remember. He got some whiskey or something and we're standing in line and there's all of these stupid tabloids there. And one of the tabloids was talking about some celebrity who walked in and caught his wife with another woman in the bed. And I'm standing in line. Every checker at this store knows me. I'm in there all the time Mm -hmm. and I'm way overdressed, you know, concert overdressed compared to what he's wearing. He's got a whiskey (laughs) bottle. I mean, Literally, I looked like I belonged in the red light district, not in the supermarket, you know, or or at a concert, <laughs> one of the two. And he shouts literally at the top of his lungs, oh, ho, ho, so-and-so walked in on his wife and her girlfriend in bed. What would you do? And uh, he goes, I yeah. know what I would do. I'd be like, make room for me, babe. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I was oh, no. literally going to die <laughs> right now. I cannot wait to have a conversation with Mark tomorrow for not warning me what a jerk this guy is. So we go back to the house and he pours two whiskeys and don't like whiskey. Then we get there. He doesn't want to pay for parking because it was like $25. So he ends up parking like four or five blocks away, have these high heel shoes on. And now I'm going to be walking a long ass distance. <laughs> through, the, through the worst area of, of LA from part of the I, worst part of LA at the time. Oh my God. And so we parked, I had to go to the bathroom by the time that we got there. It had been so long going to the market and then going to his house and then getting to this place and then doing circles, trying to find a freaking parking space. So I was like, Hey, can I use your bathroom? They were like, really nice. And they're like, of course, pasale, pasale, mija. They're telling me where the bathroom is. And they're making like tamales and and champurados in the kitchen and stuff. And they were like, really super sweet, you know, and I think they charged him like $10 to park on their front lawn. And then we walked to the Coliseum. We got their Living Colors last song. And I was like, man, he goes, you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Nobody ever listens to the first bands. I'm like, Living Color is a damn great band, you know? And then we watched Guns N' Roses come out and they took forever to come out because that's what they're known for, just notoriously late. Of course, Axl Rose was pissed off at the world and went on some stupid rant and these were damn good tickets. We were we were on the field, like second, third row. Yeah, I almost forgot that Guns N' Roses was there because, for one, I didn't really care for that band. And then, yeah, the amount of talking that Axl Rose, you know, all talk, no substance or whatever. But uh, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, I remember Living Color. I did like them a lot. So. Yeah. Well, you know what I do remember is that I wished that they had flipped it, like for Guns N' Roses to come out first and Living Color next. But but that's my druthers and you know it's the way it worked out so we got some beer came back and sat down and i'm like all right i'm gonna enjoy this show i think we came back like last song for guns and roses and then here comes the rolling stones who are just total badasses right like every song was great they had the blow-up girls sitting on the stage and rocking to brown sugar and honky tonk and 
this guy's like a freaking octopus. You know, his hand would land on my knee and it would climb up my leg. And I'd feel him like tugging the hem of my skirt. And I'd pick his hand up and put it back on his lap. And then he would put his arm around my shoulder. And I was like, you know, the hand would start coming down lower on my chest. And I'd grab his hand and I'd be like, oh, I really have to move my hair. And the whole time I was playing defense against this guy. Jesus. <laughs> and I thought at the end, he wanted to get one of those shirts with the trademark giant mouth Mick Jagger's lips, right? Yeah. Can't yeah. find it anywhere. We're like walking all over the place looking for one of these shirts for him. And I'm like, oh, look, there's a place. My feet are killing me. I really wanted to call my dad to come and pick me up. And it was like so late at that point. He finally gets his shirt. I'm like, oh my God, I just have to get back to this car and get back home. I'm, you know, looking around for a payphone, actually. That was the thing back then. Yeah, there is no cell phones. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's nothing to see here. <laughs> he comes running up behind me and like ambushes me, you know, total French kiss ambush. And I'm like, Oh, my God, he finally lets me go. And I'm like, I think we need to start walking back to the car. He's like, Well, you know, I was thinking you could come over and I can make us some drinks and stuff. I'm like, Oh, my God, no, you know, like my head hurts so bad. I don't know what happened. And so I did get him to drop me off. I was just like, really pissed off. And just it was a great concert music wise evening and it was a terrible evening at the same time so I get back to work the next day and Mark's like so how was the concert I don't even remember this guy's name you know like I I guess I was trying to put him out of my memory trauma he had trauma full on trauma (laughs) and I'm like oh my god and he goes I know you know Bob or whatever his name was said that it was like so great and he really wants to go out with you he can't stop talking about you and he just thinks that you're so amazing and stuff and I'm like you know what here's what Bob did I had to take his hand off of my lap at least 90 times he was trying to touch me touch my chest I'm like he was a total octopus Mark I know that it's not your fault but I just want you to know who this guy is just in case he asks you to get another girl for the next concert that he goes to because he's a pig and he kissed me and I had to tell him I had a headache and I'm like yeah like it totally wasn't cool like I loved the concert and if it would have been any other personality type I would have been totally gushing about it today but like it sucked I mean like it just fucking sucked (laughs) and the shadow crossed his features and just got kind of a little bit serious and was just like nodding his head and I thought he was mad at me two days later he comes by my desk and he goes Bob's gone and I go what and he's like I went home and I told him that he was a fucking asshole and I told him to pack his shit and get the fuck out and I'm like Are you serious, Mark? Like, oh my God, no, like, that's not what I wanted you to do. He's like, no, I will not have people around me who treat my friends like that. And I'm like, I just loved Mark so much in that moment, that total chivalry. I couldn't believe it. He was like really pissed off. And I had told him, I thought that you were kind of mad at me for telling you what happened. And he's like, no, he goes, I was mad, but not at you. I'm really sorry I put you in that position. So that's why that concert is memorable to me. Yeah. I mean, my own thing was like, I'm not used to big concerts. I don't particularly like them, but I I like the Rolling Stones and Living Color and 
Guns N' Roses, I could take and leave. It didn't really matter to me. But mine's was just a mass of people. I mean, you know, I, I had to go get a drink and then go use a restroom. And I come back and there was so many people that I couldn't even get back to my seat. So the whole time I had to see the stones on the steps. Oh, my God. Did you attend by yourself? No, it was me and my brother. And I haven't gone to too many of those really big shows. But uh, usually it'll, it'll be with him. And then you got the guard, like, trying to get you off the steps. And like. <laughs> I go, dude, there's nowhere to go. Like, look at the mass of people here. They're trying to move me or move us all. And like, I go, dude, just give it up. There's way too many people here. I mean, I like the show. It's just uh, that I was just standing, you know, instead of being at my seat with my brother enjoying it, it was kind of hard. But right. it was fine. And he was like, where'd you go? I was like, I couldn't even get back. I couldn't even get to the <laughs> seats because there were so many people in the way. And he's like, wow, yeah, there is a lot of people here. And I guess my agoraphobia gene probably was kicking in with all the people around me. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a good show. But yeah, I, I didn't have the experience you did, thankfully. <laughs> I mean, that guy's probably like some big time serial killer at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he didn't give me those vibes. He gave me more of a desperation vibe. He was kind of like... Um... Well, I just always go to those shows and it's always like, there's always those weird couples there. Like they, I don't know if it's like they just got together and like, you're like, man, they, what do they got going on? <laughs> I always see those kind of people. Like, I think it was ACDC. I was, I was like, there was couples, you know, ACDC concerts are the loudest concerts you go to. I mean, you will not be hearing for the next two weeks. Yeah, I have an ACDC story too. Um, but just real quick, the guy looked like the Napoleon Dynamite guy, except for with oh, yeah. black hair and much heavier. So, of course, every girl and was like a total metalhead would dress to the nines. Like there was a look, right? The leather jackets, the tiny mini skirts, the high heels, the hair. So I think he just hit the freaking jackpot and had no clue how to behave. But that's also no excuse for behaving the way that he did. If you don't know what to do, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> Pedro, help me out here. <laughs> well, it was just kind of, it was a little bit scary because... Oh, I'm sure it was. I don't think that he was a serial killer, but he was like so excited that, you know, just the fact that he bent me backwards and planted this kiss on me, like, you know, that picture of the sailor with the nurse. Yeah. You know, and I thought, well, if he's doing that, I definitely don't want to end up in a home by myself with him. I didn't even really want to be in the car with him. Like, you know, I was just making so many excuses all the way yeah. home. And that's one of the things that I think every single woman has had to do with guys because it's too bad. Yeah. It's too bad. But you know, that's what happens. Um, but yeah, getting to ACD, so I saw ACDC and Hurricane opened for them over at Irvine Meadows. Mm -hmm. It was such an amazing concert. And you're right. They're like one of the loudest bands. And Hurricane was so rock and roll. I mean, they had like fans underneath the guitarist, which probably was really nice for him because I know that it gets really hot up there. But like his hair was blowing all over the place and the lights were set up just right. And he's just like shredding on the guitar and everybody was going out of their minds. And, you know, it was really good. And then Angus comes out 
out in his little schoolboy outfit. And it was completely nuts. And so, of course, you know, it starts getting more and more crowded as the headliners come in. And this was back in the day before all of the different permutations that Irvine Meadows went through. Yeah. So the parking lot, you know, like you had to park a quarter of a mile away and the parking lot was all rocks and potholes and stuff. And, you know, we're like walking to our seats and you'd have to go all the way around and around and around the arena several times. And these girls show up, total headbanger girls. They've got their hair cropped. They look like female Motley Crue band members. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all did. And they've got this huge purse and they're going through the purse and they're kind of like fixing each other's makeup. And they pull out this enormous can of hairspray, like three (laughs) foot high can of hairspray. And I'm like, I'm going to get like totally hit with hairspray in the face. One of them's holding in, they're giggling and laughing and just having this great time. And then the other one digs into the purse and the one with the can starts hitting the button on top and spraying away from themselves. And the other one flicks a lighter and they turn it into a low torch. And I'm like, oh my God, I am going to die. They were literally in the seats right in front of me. I'm like, that thing's going to explode. I'm going to have shrapnel in me. This is going to be terrible. That clearly did not happen. The security came and uh, kicked them out of the arena. It wasn't very long later, not very long at all. You know, those spinning flower firecrackers that uh, used to be able to get at the safe and sane place. Somebody was lighting those and just flinging these things through the air and they were just barely going over the top of my head and landing a couple of rows in front of me. I mean, it was like two different people with fire and very close to me. And I'm like, I am going to burn before I get out of here. I'm like, this is literally the highway to hell. (laughs) Um, So it was pretty nuts. You know, he either ran out of these spinning fireworks or he got kicked out. But about halfway through ACDC set, I see this guy walking along the outside of the fence and he scaled it. Ducked down low. He's running really fast in between the seats. Ends up in my section. There was a lot of stuff going on. I don't know why it was all going on around me. And the security guard goes walking by, walks right past him. And everybody around is like kind of like giggling and like, you know, the guy got away with it. And the security guard turns around and comes back and grabs him and slammed him down on the ground. And a second security guard shows up and they carry him out. That was not the only crazy (laughs) concert I went to, but that was definitely one of the craziest ones. And it was so good. I mean, you know, you just like hear them playing Highway to Heaven and you hear those bells at the beginning or high voltage rock and roll. I don't even know if that album was out, but you know, like they played, you know, all the songs that you just want to hear. So it was pretty kick-ass. That was a really good show. Yeah, they got a ton of albums that they can obviously pull from and I mean, I don't even remember any of the opening bands. I just remember that being loud. I mean, one of the shows was so loud, I, I couldn't hear for like two weeks. I mean, anything. So, And most of the time, you know, it was that way with that particular band. And then, I mean, I even had earplugs, in which I've been wearing to most of the concerts. Now I have this. You, I mean, you can still hear the music. It's not muffled or anything. It's got a coil inside of it. So I can actually hear the music normal. It just doesn't penetrate the inner ear as bad. So, I mean, those saved me quite a number of times. And 
and even those things couldn't save me from ACDC, especially that last tour they did. The auditory barrage of pain, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about earplugs. I had gone to see a smaller band. I think the band's name was Juliet. And this is when I would go to the Sunset Strip like every weekend and we'd be in all of the different clubs that were there. And so I saw them at the Whiskey. We had gotten there early enough that we were up against the stage and they had these enormous speaker stacks. And it was so loud that every time that there was a beat, my hair was flying off of my forehead and flying back. And it felt like a second heartbeat, but it felt like a freaking hammer in my chest, like kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. I think I probably did realize this is probably not the best thing for you. But I didn't think that it would be a problem. And the next morning I woke up because it felt like my ears were bleeding, like both of my ears were bleeding. And I freaked out and ran into the bathroom to look. There was no blood coming out of them. But my (laughs) it was that bad. My ears were in absolute agony for at least three days. I thought I was going to be deaf. I'm sure that I caused all kinds of hearing damage at that particular concert, you know, and that was many years ago. So now I do use earplugs. If I forget earplugs, I'm running to the bar to get a napkin that I can roll up and stick in my ears or, you know, the bathroom, whatever, but I'm going to stick something in my ear to protect them. I would like to be able to hear things when I'm not years old <laughs> yeah i mean i gone to so many concerts now i have tinnitus so i definitely have to protect my ears as much as possible so i mean mm-hmm. yeah losing your hearing for two weeks is not the most pleasant feeling so you did you lost your hearing for two weeks from the acdc concert pretty much yeah i can only hear muffles barely you know and I mean, it was such an extremely loud concert. And me and my brother, we couldn't hear anything. And wow. Was it painful? Oh, yeah. It's extremely painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just imagine hearing people and it's very muffled. And, uh, you know, like Brian Johnson actually suffers from hearing loss now. And it's and I'm like, God, how, how could he not? I mean, the concerts are like extremely loud. And I mean, I have a constant humming in my ear uh, all the time. That's why I always have like white noise going because if I need to go to sleep or something, I like that white noise to filter out the noise of everything else. But, you know, there's ways around it. Uh, I mean, when you get hearing loss, you know, you're supposed to hydrate. That helps out a lot. And just it just takes time because your ears are really vibrating quite heavily and, and going to so many concerts and then also being in bands. I didn't really take care of my ears as well as I should have. I don't think we think about it when we're younger. You know, I just imagine all of that protective cilia in your ear canal just laying down. And um, I mean, it felt like my eardrums had ruptured. Yeah, they kind of do almost. Yeah. And there's a movie called Sound of Metal. And, they, you know, that's yes. like, to me, that's a, that's a horror movie to me. Yeah. I mean, I could see like people getting butchered like no tomorrow. And but that movie scares me more than anything else, because that's 
reality, you know, mm-hmm. like that can happen to anybody, you know, somebody just losing their hearing completely. Such a good, good film. It's so tragic. And yeah, I mean, I felt like I had a very vested interest in it just because of my experience. Yeah. Like I will never forget gasping as I sat up and running to the bathroom because it really did feel like there was blood pouring out of my ears. Yeah, it affects your equilibrium too if it's pretty severe. Like I have a problem with my equilibrium every now and then. Another time I lost hearing was uh, at a Black Flag concert. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was not only loud, but I also got trapped in between the speakers because there were so many people in there. And I think I was at Dancing Waters. And yeah, I lost my hearing. It wasn't for like two weeks, so it was only for a couple of days. But at that point, I'm like, well, I'm going to try to protect my ears as much as possible. And there wasn't very much back then. You could get those little spongy things luckily the technology is a lot better that's why you like you'll see musicians they have those things around their ears those are their speakers they don't have to listen to the main feed like bands did in the 60s and 70s where they lose pretty much all their hearing and no totally i played taiko drums for a while those big japanese timpani like drums yeah and one of the first things that they said was you need to have ear protection while you're playing this. And so they sold some really amazing earplugs. You could still hear what you were doing. It just wasn't damaging and thing. And I still have them reusable. So I wear them to concerts and I trained my kids to protect their ears whenever they would go to concerts. It was like, you know, I had three packs of earplugs and like, even now, Sophie will be like, oh my God, we forgot the earplugs. I'm going to go get us some napkins, you know, so you can still enjoy it. I mean, definitely, definitely enjoy it and hear everything. And it's still good. You just aren't getting, like you said, that deep inner ear damage going on. Yeah, yeah. Trying to think the last concert I went to that was extremely loud. Yeah, I went to go see Woven Hand. That was the last loud one. And the guy just blared everything. It was really distorted. Even the band was trying to lower the volume down, but the guy wasn't listening. And it was in a really small place. But uh, that's when my ears were starting to hurt. Even even with the earplugs that I have, luckily I cut out most of the noise factor out of it, but it was still pretty bad. I think a lot of the venues too, you know, like you go to the forum, you go to the Hollywood Bowl, they all have either like acoustic material around that kind of prevents that super high level of sound to, you know, be barraging everybody or... Five Points Amphitheater, Hollywood Bowl, the Greek Universal Amphitheater, all of those places are situated right in the middle of residential yeah. neighborhoods. So they have volume guidelines, you know, they, they can't go above a certain volume because of the neighborhood. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of helps. But yeah, um, you know, what was kind of interesting talking about this is Sophie and I saw 30 Seconds to Mars a few years ago. And it was funny because originally it was like, you know, Welshly Arms was going to open for them. Then the next week it was like, oh, Welshly Arms and Walk the Moon. And then it was like, oh, now we've added K-Flay. They just kept adding all of these people. And actually that night Halsey happened to be in town. So she joined the band on stage as well. But what I noticed is Welshly Arms is really a phenomenal band. And this was in the forum Um, I got the impression that this was 
perhaps the biggest show or one of the biggest shows that they had played like they were used to playing much smaller arenas and so they didn't take up very much of the stage they were very concentrated they were in the middle it was hard to see them from our seats and we had really good seats Mm -hmm. I remember the sound was you know it was good it's the forum but I kind of thought that they needed to turn up the volume and I don't know that their equipment was of the quality that you would expect at a big arena like that. And then K-Flake came out. So now you go from there's this huge border of stage all the way around Welshly Arms. K-Flake comes out. She uses up a little bit more stage, but not much more. But she's so explosive. She's just like this controlled chaos. It's so much fun to watch her concerts. But again, there was a lot of stage left. Uh It seemed like each band got bigger and louder. And Walk the Moon had strobe lights going like crazy. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have a seizure, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Just like crazy amount of lights. It was really kind of cool. They were very loud. I knew what they were singing, but it was kind of distorted. But it was louder. It was bigger. The lights, everything was a bigger production. And then here comes 30 Seconds to Mars. They had one drum kit in the middle of the stage. And Jared Leto comes out looking like Jesus Christ in this robe with his long hair, his barefoot. And I'm just like going, what the heck? But... The entire stage is lit up in this kind of magical aura. He used every corner, every edge of that stage. And it was just one drum set in the middle and Jared Leto commanding. I, It was almost like a religious experience. And the sound was amazing. And the lighting was amazing. And then Halsey came out and they sang a song together. And then all these enormous like super super enormous size balloons fell out of the ceiling and it was just like a lot of fun a lot of theatrics he was almost like a trained ballerina dancer or something on the stage and he just commanded and took over and owned that entire stage and you could just see the difference from one band to the next band to the next band to finally 30 seconds to mars and you realize why they are such a big deal because i mean concerts are so much more than just the music yeah you know it's what goes on there and how it makes you feel and the feeling that 30 seconds to mars was trying to evoke was feel good magical experience and you left there feeling really good just comparing it to like when i saw megadeth you know like you walk out and you're like yeah, man, I was like, so got all this energy, and ooh, you know, <laughs> like, you just want to bang air drums and, you know, keep banging your head and all of that sort of thing. And you leave, you know, we left 30 seconds to Mars. And I was like, oh, my God, that was such a great concert. They so we were just kind of feeling elevated and light. Yeah, I saw them when they first came out. So they weren't 
as big at some smaller venue. And I, I thought it was a joke band at first because it was his his brother's the drummer, I think. Yeah. But they only had like a couple songs at that point. I want to say like three to five because they didn't play very long. I knew him from, he was in that TV show where he was in school. Oh God, I can't remember the name of that show. I used to watch him on with. And I go, that's the guy from that TV show. <laughs> the next time I saw him, which they got progressively better, was they opened for Tool. I'm so jealous that you saw Tool. Yeah, I've seen Tool several times. I know. I mean, I don't really hate the band, but I'm not really a fan either. I just, I saw their documentary like about a year and a half ago. And sometimes Jared Leto can take it a little too far with his acting. <laughs> he's absolutely over the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like his acting. I think he's a good actor too. I mean, Oscar's well-deserved. and But just sometimes uh-huh. he just, he gets a little bit into himself. It's like, okay, dude, you're really good looking. You're better looking than most girls so just relax and uh quit making it overly dramatic he's everywhere too like i see that dude out about and then i'll listen to somebody and he's like everywhere like somebody was talking about him on a podcast like the other day how he just like showed up and he just started hiking up the hill and and he's like yeah i'm that guy and they're like looking at him like what the hell (laughs) he is (laughs) he is that guy and then there was some other girl on some radio show and she was like oh i got a call from jerry Lido and he called me up to go out on a date. <laughs> but I was laughing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like to see him now just to see how he's progressed. Because I mean, coming from the beginning where he just started and he only had like three or five songs to then they open for Tool. And they're not a bad band. I'm just, for some reason, I, they just don't connect with me. I mean, their music isn't horrible. Him and his brother got extreme amounts of talent. But it'd be interesting to see them now to see how they progressed and I like to see that out of a band, like how they, you know, like you said, they were able to craft a show and, you know, make it very inclusive of everybody there. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, that's awesome to hear. What were your, what's your favorite shows that you've seen throughout the years? Like top five, no, no order. Top five. Oh my goodness. Um, or more if you have any. <laughs> okay. Okay. The one that comes to mind, so, you know, it's funny because there's two concerts that I went to that I absolutely did not want to go to. My boyfriend at the time shows up with Motley Crue tickets for the Theater of Pain concert. And I really loved Motley Crue when they first came out. They had that Shout at the Devil vinyl. I had two cassettes because I wore out one of the cassettes. I mean, I just freaking loved them for whatever reason, you know. And I think they came out when I was like in junior high school. So there you go. Yeah. and then to me, they kind of got glam rocky. Like at first they were really heavy metal and then they got really glam. And yeah, I remember somebody said that you got to hear this band and I guess they had a, it was their test press record, their first album, and they self-produced it themselves and put it out themselves. And the reason they got signed was because of this album sold like something like 2 million copies. And they were the band out of LA. And I was going to a lot of shows, a lot of punk shows at the time. And I had a friend that lived about two blocks from my house. And he's telling me that, the, you know, he heard this really great band. So invited me over to listen to it to see what I would say about it. And the guy there, you probably remember him. His name was... He's a drummer. I don't know. Did you know him? I went to school with him. So, yeah. Yeah, same here. I mean, I didn't know him at, the, at that time. I, I, I doubt it my first time meeting him. And he's like, tell me, oh, man, you know, I love this band. They're so great. And first thing out of his mouth is like, the bass player writes all their songs and he's better than Giddy Lee. I'm like, okay, now you've thrown the gauntlet down. They play me the album and I go, that's no Giddy Lee. And I walked out. 
<laughs> and at that point, I've never connected with that band. I love Tommy Lee's playing, though. I mean, his playing is just phenomenal. But I... It's so funny that he said that because I was just watching one of those rock biographies that's on Randy Rhodes. Mm-hmm, yeah. The surviving members of Quiet Riot, because Randy Rhodes started Quiet Riot, yeah. were you know talking about when Randy got picked up by Ozzy and then they needed a bass player. So he got Rudy Sarzo to be the bass player there at the beginning. And the Quiet Riot guys started to try to put the band back together again. And they got Nikki Six, and Nikki Six didn't know how to play bass. So that's so funny that he would say that he's, you know, better than Getty Lee. And that album wasn't bad. I actually liked that one more than the other ones, but they weren't my thing. I like speed metal. And I don't think they were really considered speed metal. No, they weren't. Yeah, no, that, that, especially back then, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, because they went from being really hard rock, like serious metal, yeah. to being more glam, and that made them more bubblegummy. Yeah, I And, agree. you know, so here comes my boyfriend at the time with these tickets to go see Motley Crue. And I remember I wasn't thrilled to go see them. Like, maybe you can go with your friends, whatever. And I did end up there. And <laughs> it was such a badass concert. I mean, you know, they got into a couple of songs and Tommy Lee had his drum kit that rose up off of the ground and spun around in circles. I think both Tommy Lee and Vince Neil went over the audience. So, you know, it was a really good concert. So I have to put that one in probably my top five Mm -hmm. simply because I went from dragging my heels to like singing Motley Cruz's praises again. Uh, My second concert that is slightly similar, that is way up there as well. We went to go see Black Sabbath and it was one of the last shows that Ronnie James Dio fronted before Mm -hmm. he passed away from cancer. Opening for Black Sabbath was one of my favorite bands, Queensryche. I just love them. They put on such a great show. But it was a very scary show. People were just punching their fists up into the air. Got very militant. The Operation Mind Crime. Yeah. Empire, Empire. When he started singing Empire, it was just like, you know, and then the one song, you know, I haven't listened to a lot of these bands for a while, but there's that one song where uh, he's talking about burning the White House down. I thought a riot was going to start. I literally was like, this is scary. It was a very troubling mood going through the crowd. But, oh my God, they were so good. And this was before the breakup with uh, DeGarmo and Jeff Tate. Yeah, yeah. So it was really, really good. But Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper came on next. Mm -hmm. And... I did not want to see Alice Cooper. I think Alice Cooper has too many horns in his music. <laughs> it's rock and roll, but it's like old. And, you know, Million Dollar Babies was probably the one song that I really liked. He started out with, you know, like you can hear people shouting from the audience. The telephone is ringing and out he comes and starts playing and it was a rock opera he had like guillotines up there and people were getting their heads cut off his daughter is a trained ballet dancer and uh i didn't like what they did 
but she got like totally beat up for, you know, only women bleed. It was really uncomfortable to watch that. But the rest of the show, it was the most rock and roll show. And then um, Black Sabbath came out. I would go and watch Alice Cooper again. I didn't want to see him and I don't listen to his music, but I would totally go and watch him for the showman that he is. I just thought he was amazing. Yeah. Probably the first hard heavy metal band that I just absolutely fell in love with was Black Sabbath, their Heaven and Hell iteration. I loved that Heaven and Hell album. Again, that's another one where I went through two cassettes because I wore out the first one. Uh And so it was really, really awesome to see Black Sabbath heaven and hell with ronnie james dio fronting it and that was the second time like i've seen black sabbath four times because my ex-husband was a huge sabbath fan Uh so i saw twice with dio and twice with ozzy fronting yeah so that would be my second favorite concert i think my third just for sheer technological amazingness and just amazing songs period was pink floyd yeah uh, they put on such a great show. ZZ Top. ZZ Top was really, really, really good. Um, God, now I, I got to get to number five. I've seen so many good shows. Um, well, that was only four shows. Um, many bands, but that was four shows. Uh, probably the 30 Seconds to Mars would maybe be the fifth one that I thought was really good. Um Highly suspect. I really like them. I saw them at the Ford. Oh, you know who else was really super good was Joe Satriani. Mountain opened for them at the Wiltern Theater. They were so good. And the other one that I absolutely did not, I didn't even know who I was going to see. Like I'd heard Robin Trower's name all my life. I didn't really know his music. And he was playing at a place in Redondo Beach on the Redondo Beach Pier called Brixton's. Yeah, I remember that place, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he's amazing. Robin Trower is the rock god. You know, just from the first note that he hit, it just like rippled through there. It was standing room only. In fact, everybody was just stacked up against each other. And the most amazing show. That might be number one. That might have to be number one. And, you know, because it was an intimate venue, we were like right there at the stage. And I wasn't expecting that kind of quality. Um, I think those would be it. Uh, you know, Pat Benatar, I saw her at The Strand. Yeah. That was on the corner of Pacific Coast Highway and Palos Verdes. Remember that? I love that place. I saw Chris Isaac there. That was a great place. It was a great place. It was such a great yeah. place. Oh, my God. And it's like condos now. Um But when she started to do Hit Me With Your Best Shot, she invited all the girls in the audience to go on stage. And of course, I ran up there and we all were singing and it was so much fun. She signed my ticket at the end. And so that was a really good concert, too. What about yours? Uh, For me, oh boy, Uh, Roger Waters, who was in Pink Floyd, I think his is probably the top concert I've ever been to. I mean, his... 
Radio Chaos tour. I've actually seen every one of his tours, and they're always spot on. And obviously Pink Floyd directly after that. I think Rogers was more of the architect of the band as far as that's concerned, and Gilmore was more of the musician. So you know, one without the other. But uh, yeah, if you, you know, you can argue who, which one's better. I mean, they both have very similar paths, but they both do things that are differently. But those two would probably rank. Did you see Gilmore? Uh, I've David seen David Gilmore? Gilmore before. Yeah, not not the last mm-hmm. uh, show he did, but I I seen him in the past. It was just his band, uh, and no pyrotechnics, and I was at the Will Turn Theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Great show. I, I love his solo music. Is great. I didn't really particularly care for his last album. Uh, Rattle and Lock, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to... I like his playing. We went to see him at the Hollywood Bowl for that particular show. Um, It was a really good show. It just struck me as, I don't know, surreal, I guess, in a humorous way that he played comfortably numb. Yeah. And it was just kind of like this sing-along. And they've got their lighters going, and, you know, I've become comfortably numb in, like, this uh, incongruity where it was like, this just should not be happening. But it was a really good show. David Gilmore is such a talent oh, yeah. i took the kids to go see him and we all just left there going wow that was really amazing yeah he is really good he did some really great work with pete townsend i mean that whole white city album was mm. brilliant uh, and he does a lot of the guitar work on there he did a lot of the work on kate bush's albums in fact he discovered kate bush um which is always a plus for me because she's great i would that's one person i would love to see you know, I've been wanting to see her forever, but she, she doesn't mm-hmm. tour, unfortunately, or um, definitely come to the States because she doesn't like to fly. But so, yeah, I think, well, Pink Floyd uh, and obviously David Gilmore, even by himself, is phenomenal, uh, especially in a smaller setting. Uh, the Who it would probably be in there somewhere. And same with the Rolling Stones, seeing those oh, just wow. icons. I did not see The Who. I had always wanted to see them. Yeah, that's so that's I mean, if they're, those are big bands for me, and that's probably about the you know, if I could see the Beatles, I'd probably see them, but, you know, they're not around. And then uh, I would love to see Simon and Garfunkel, but they don't look like that's going to happen. Uh, other concerts that I've been to that I like, Tool at the Wiltern was great because it's a smaller setting. Actually, when they played um, what was called the Kodak Theater back then, or no, no, it was Live Nation. That's where I saw them. That was a really good show. That was a tiny show. And I saw them with King Crimson, and that show was phenomenal, too. So I got to see both two really great bands. Uh, King Crimson is a, one of my favorites also. So that's a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, De a punk band out of Milwaukee at the Anti-Club, which is an extremely small. It's probably the size of my room. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing that great band. And they unfortunately, they were never given their due. They probably were the architects of the grunge movement, unknown to most people. But I, I believe that that band gave the grunge movement their sound and their phenomenal players uh, and then also let's say black flag at dancing waters it was descadena was singing at that point i didn't like black flag with uh, henry rollins per se but he was the best performer he was a phenomenal performer i just never liked his singing so but black flags in there uh, you mentioned the Waters Club. I saw Armored Saint there. Yes, that's a good band. Yeah, that's right. You right off the black. So Armored Saint and Metallica at the Palladium. That was a great mm-hmm. show. Uh, you just remind me of that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's with Cliff Burton playing bass. And then uh, before they hit it big, that was a tiny show. And I think 16 horsepower at 
what's the one over there in uh, Santa Monica Boulevard? The, the Troubadour. And then 16 horsepower. So 16 horsepower became Woven Hand, and any Woven Hand to me is a great show. I've been to every one of the shows that they've ever played. I mean, that yeah. band is a religious experience. And I mean, the guy's a preacher, basically, and with a guitar. Yeah, anytime they come into town. That's like, that's like the only band I will actually actively go see like I'll see every one of their shows every time they come into town and unfortunately they don't play enough and he just recently played by himself I think his last show was in Denver and I was always tempted to go see him there because <laughs> I hadn't seen him in years so obviously with the pandemic in there so that band yeah they're they're top notch to me as long as and they just came off the new album so I'm Ooh. just itching to see them again with that new album that just came out a couple months ago and that album is just mind-bogglingly great so uh, I'm trying to think what else. You know, I think I had contacted you because Pussifer, which is yeah. Maynard, Maynard James Keenan, yeah. Maynard James Keenan's, yeah, band who is from Tool, they were playing over at the Greek, and I really wanted to go, and it was like right around the time where I was going to have surgery on my knee, and I'm bummed. I just love Pussifer yeah. as well. I mean, Tool and both, yeah. they're just really great. Yeah, there's AP. I saw ABC. I saw a perfect circle, right? I think it was their first and second show. They had just gotten together and they were doing some test shows. And I saw them at the, the Key Club, I guess is what it's called, the Old Gazaris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I saw them there. They were doing a benefit for Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks. And that was a great show, too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Pussifer as that would I think we are I think we were both doing something and then yeah, your knee was giving you problems. And uh, then just the parking situation there. Yeah. Yeah, my knee was giving me too much like I've been feeling so old, you know. I'm <laughs> I'm starting to get on the other side of it now. But it was like, you know, my knee hurts too much and I'm gonna have to walk too far and the parking sucks. So no, we're not going. <laughs> 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 that's that's really how I felt, and I was just like really upset that I missed that that there'll be more yeah. there'll be more oh yeah yeah and the, and the cost too these shows i mean i was gonna go see tool and the last time i saw them was january prior to the pandemic and those tickets were just insanely expensive but i mean i you know we don't go to that many shows so i was like well i mean i don't work out though whatever it was i mean my brother went and saw them in vegas because everything here sold in like 30 seconds yeah and vegas had tickets so we went <laughs> i think that they were out recently too or at least i saw you know like in the last year or so they're touring i saw tickets and yeah they were really expensive and even if you really like the band sometimes the price is too much what it is is it's the resale tickets so you got to get the tickets mm -hmm right when they go on sale or the pre-sales are usually the best. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> Rock on. That was so much fun to go down memory lane with Mike and talk about the music that saved our souls. And don't forget to come back next week when we talk about a bunch more bands that we didn't get to in this episode of Long Live Rock and Roll with Mike Acosta. Be sure to check out the show notes for some great bands, songs, and of course, ear protection links. Again, I cannot emphasize that enough, how important it is to protect your hearing. Be sure to send me your questions and suggestions to help me design the best episodes, those that interest you. Please take a moment to rate this episode. Your ratings move this podcast closer to the top of searches so that my friends and I can reach more people. 
I'm looking forward to sharing more upcoming In the Company of Friends talks with you. Be sure to follow me on the socials and the dot com, all at the Queen Trail Podcast. That's T H E Q U A I N T R E L E Podcast. I am Syl Annan, the Queen Trail, and until next time, I wish you passion, grace, adventure, rock and roll coolness, elegance, and beauty. And don't forget to come back next week as we continue the conversation. I'm going to be talking about Iron Maiden and a bunch of other bands that we didn't get to in this first part of Let There Be Rock with Mike Acosta.